Warning, the following episode contains adult language and screaming goats. Listener discretion is advised. The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for The Pinball Show. It's pinball with personality. Welcome back, y'all, to The Pinball Show, episode 32 with your hosts, myself, Zach Minnie, and Dennis Creasel. What a beautiful, wonderful week this shall be, Dennis. It is. It's exciting. I'm going to lace up my shoes and be ready to go. Are you really? No, my shoes are off right now. You going to do the boot scoot and boogie? Yeah, we're putting out this episode before yet another big announcement. <sighs> I know. We <sighs> fail. It's hard. Life is hard when we record. Yeah, it, it truly is. Especially on the days you have to record at EGP as well. Does your throat hurt after the end of a double recording sesh? I wouldn't necessarily say hurt, but I don't want to talk anymore. Is that more of a psychological thing or a physical vocal cord it's thing? just kind of like, I feel like I've spoken enough words for the day. <laughs> sure, it's your word allotment? Yeah, I think a person only needs to say so much or else they talk too much. <laughs> I can actually relate to that. If I'm super busy, if I'm doing psychology, I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking. Then in between patients or my lunch break, I'm answering phone calls for flipping out pinball and I'm returning phone calls. By the end of the day, when I get home, my kid's like, Nanny! And my wife's like, meh. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of over talking. Let's just nestle and hug. I need a big nest. I have all my little birds You in just there. bought a whole new house. Yeah, I know. I just need one nest, though, that my whole family can sit in. I don't know. I'm being ridiculous. Sorry. Well, speaking of being ridiculous, uh, we got a lot of feedback from the uh, Take Off Your Shoes mm. segment we did last week. I think it was mixed, to be fair. That would be my assumption, would be. A lot of people have that rule. I think I acknowledged that. I just don't agree with it. You didn't have just a little bit of thought afterwards? He's he's kind of got a point. No, I mean I understand the I understand the theory. Mm-hmm. That, like you expressed it really well. The problem is, is that that's actually more of a slippery slope than I think you were ever thinking of. But I'm sure some of the people writing in pointed out to you why. Yes, I wasn't. Be- yeah. So we got a a viewer, one of our one of our favorite people, messaged in and said, "Well, how about this smart guy referring to me?" He yeah, said, you are the brilliant one. He said, I utilize a wheelchair. Uh, I guess I can never come into the mini home because how am I supposed to take my shoes off or my, what am I supposed to take my treads off, Zach? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So you basically uh, discriminated against the handicap is what it sounds like. <laughs> like that Your loop. whole argument was about like dirt and dog poop getting tracked into the house. That's the whole argument with the shoe thing. And so obviously the wheels are the problem on a wheelchair. So I guess you just don't have wheelchair folk over, do you? Hmm. He played the wow. wheelchair progressive on me, you, Dennis. Zach. All this stuff was obvious. It's the same with if Man. someone's on crutches, do they have to throw their crutches outside and just hop around everywhere? I mean, I put cotton you balls didn't think on the any of, of that things. through. All of you with this rule didn't think any of that stuff through. You're unwelcoming. That's what you are. He played the wheelchair card. Touche. Nicely done. I think you're allowed to play the card when you have a wheelchair. I think so. It's the Trump I mean, card. I, th- I, think that's, I think that's written on the card in the fine print. 
Hey, he like, pl- he played it and he won that hand. I'm going to give it to mm. him. After I I did see that email when he was, <laughs> you were when chuckling. He said, I knew it. I did because I was like, oh, he he played you so well. <laughs> and then I just thought, what if your friend Terry wanted to come? Well, Terry's not allowed in your house. Oh, Terry's allowed to do whatever he wants to. Plus, Terry has a new wheelchair, so yeah. But in my but it, he uses it outside, so it's now contaminated with poop. <sighs> that was like your main argument was if you ever go outside, you have poop on you. <laughs> well, I was thinking kind of like the like a hairnet, but wrap them around the wheel. <laughs> oh, like plastic bags. Yeah. <laughs> put Not a bad bags. idea. But you know what? At the end of the day, here, here's my solution uh, to our friend out there. You know what? You come in in a wheelchair, you don't have to take off your shoes. Ah? Huh? Mm. Well, that's a fair point. Yeah. So I didn't say anything about rubber tread. I'm just talking about shoes, which are also rubber tread. Now, but what if if he's wheeling up and then you see he doesn't have his feet on the footrest, but he just lets his feet Oh, don't. Then I'll say something. I'll be like, dude, that's what the the feet rests are for. And then maybe he says, I like to hear the, it reminds me (laughs) of my toenails. Not toenails. He's got shoes on. Oh. My picture was with him not wearing shoes. Have you not ever, like, with with hard sole shoes, gone into I mean, a place like has a marble floor or whatever, and you've deliberately let them thwack so you can hear the echo? Thwack, I thwack, love thwack. it with my wooden soles See, and my Johnston like Murphys. That. Yeah, exactly. Clunk, Who clunk, doesn't clunk. do that? So I feel like a fucking horse. Concept. Yeah. <sighs> You're like, I'm sorry. That's right. I'm a pony. I'm walking in. Everyone's gonna look at me. I will prance. I'm a show pony. So that was that was a good discussion. It led to this, which is gonna piss off some people, and they're gonna write a review saying it's off pinball topic. And to that, I say lick them. What else? Oh, we have the banner giveaway, the Avengers banner giveaway. Mm, all yeah, for the t-shirt designs. Yes, all people had to do is design a t-shirt for us, put some effort into it, and we were going to randomly draw a winner. We're going to let that run for another week or so, I believe. Mm. So all they had to do makes it sound like maybe a lot of them didn't actually try that hard. We had some good ones. We had some really good ones. And I'm going to be honest, we had some piss poor executed ones too. Up your game, did you, people. Did you reply to those and say, uh, when I said uh, put some effort into it, I meant not this? I mean, not this. Some of them were really good. What I'm wanting to say to the listener out there, if you're wanting this Avengers banner, look, remember? Well, the MSRP of what? $200 on, on Pinside. I don't think they have a price. But if you want it, up your game. Up your game. Put some effort into it. Some of you guys should just be ashamed. Did you reply and say no, ineligible? Get out your crayons. You want to talk about some pinball news? Yeah, the listeners are probably really mad because I don't even know banners count as pinball. It's time for TPN Industry News. Matt Morrison here with your Chicago Gaming Company update for the week. Ben Heck was on Canada's Pinball Podcast discussing all things Deep Root, but towards the end of the interview, Ben gave us a glimpse at CGC's upcoming release schedule. Next out the door will be another Bally Williams remake, then the first original CGC game, then Ben Heck's spooky collaboration game. What's interesting is that both Ben's game and CGC's game are licensed themes. I'm personally going to start praying to the pinball gods that we might get a Pulp Fiction machine. Maybe the Le Royale with cheese multiball, heroin overdose, ball save video, clean up the car mode. Possibilities are endless. If it only had the pin bar, oh well. That's it for this week. I'm Matt Morrison. 
Hi, and welcome to this week's Spooky Haggis Industry Talk update on the Pinball Show with Dr. John. I've got to get my best Craig Bobby enthusiasm voice going because Haggis is back in production. The Victorian uh, restrictions from COVID are being lifted and Damien is about to go full steam ahead with production of my Celts game and all other Celts games that have been ordered. If you go to the Celts, uh, sorry, the Haggis website and have a look at the moment, you can get a show special to commemorate Expo that's coming up virtually, which will include over $1,000 worth of extras, including your clan name on the game, call-outs for your clan, RGB lighting in your clan colours, your clan crest on the back glass, and a lot of other swag to go with the game. As we know, he's limiting the game to 200s worldwide, and the current price US is $6,000. Shipping, insurance, etc., can be arranged via Haggis, but please let him know as soon as you can before these games are sold out. And the other exciting news is Spooky announced on their latest podcast that they have increased the production numbers per week. I'm not sure of the exact numbers, but I might find out for next week for you. This week in Pinball last week also did a deep dive on the Ellis Cooper rules to let people know how to use the weapons to defeat the monsters for larger points and quicker progress towards billion dollar babies. I know I've been mucking around with it and it's a great game with these added rules that you don't need to know but they add another dimension to gameplay. Anyway that's it for this week. I'm excited. I hope you are too. Catch you all next week. Bye bye. Hey, this is Kaz with an American Pinball Update. While there's no major news this week, I just wanted to remind everyone to check out the Hot Wheels IFPA Live Streaming Challenge Series. These weekly challenges will run through the end of the year, so check out ifpapinball.com for more details. Hope everyone has a great week and has fun playing pinball. For the Pinball Show, this is Brian Cosner. Hi, this is Ken Rudberg with your Jersey Jack Update. Well, it looks like the end is in sight for the long wait for Jersey Jack's sixth release. The reveal is today, Monday, October 5th, and I couldn't be more excited. Over the past week, the pin's designer, Eric Menier, has been posting a series of teaser photos on social media. First, a photo of him holding up the backside of a playfield of the new machine. Another of Eric looking over the backside of a populated playfield and another photo of machines going down the line and being built. It is happening. The photo came with a caption saying, kicking them down the line. Once again, reinforcing the rumor that this is, okay, it's not a rumor. It, this is Guns N' Roses. No one seems more excited than Eric himself. And I know there's gonna be a lot of coverage today and I'm looking forward to taking it all in. Been a long wait, but it's finally here. Jersey Jack number six, looking forward to it. For the Pinball Show, this has been Ken Rudberg with your Jersey Jack update. Gomez takes to YouTube, Avengers LE ship out, and Zombie Yeti versus Loser Kid. Hey everyone, Craig here again, the Pinball Show's stern news correspondent. Ever wondered what runs a stern pinball machine or what a node board is? Well, tune in to the Stern YouTube channel to watch Zach's homie gomie, George Gomez, Stern's chief creative officer and all-around pinball renaissance man, dissect and explain the computer brain behind new Stern pinball machines. 
better known as the Spike 2 system. This fascinating video shows Gomez carefully explain and show the benefits and simplicity of the Spike 2 system, both from a modularity and processing power standpoint, which controls everything from animations, light shows, mechanisms, and almost everything else that's electronic in the game. George also confirmed that Stern is still actively working on future Wi-Fi capabilities that would be available soon. Stay tuned for more videos from George on a wide range of behind-the-scenes development and maintenance topics for the home user or enthusiast. Meanwhile, excited Avengers LE buyers in the US began posting their lucky purchases on Facebook and various other streaming channels this week as many started receiving these gorgeous machines right on time and on schedule. Avengers LEs destined for Canada should be arriving up here in the next 7 to 10 days or so as the Stern factory continues to plow through their massive backlog of game orders. Next on the docket for October, yes, you guessed it, the very popular Avengers Premium Editions, which is speculated makes up the bulk of Stern's initial order run for this title. Premiums should start leaving the factory in the next three to six weeks and on into the holiday season, pending any COVID-related delays. And be sure to check out the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast as they interview Zombie Yeti on his design process and journey through his amazing year of artwork with TMNT and the Avengers Infinity Quest. That's all for this week. For the Pinball Show, I'm Craig Bobby. Catch you on the flip side. Let's kick it off, Dennis, with Stern Pinball. Always great hearing from the correspondents and Craig Bobby. He talked about a code update for the Avengers version 0.91. You love code update news topics? Yeah. It's exciting. So many changes. I don't think, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think there was a lot of changes. We get some more audio, more video. Uh, I've been playing that game a lot more. Still waiting for you to be able to play it, but you're in your bunker still. And I I don't think it's on location, right? Yeah, we don't have uh, the, apparently 403 Club was supposed to get Avengers and it was damaged in shipping. Oh, man, I wish you were closer to Travis Meary, our buddy, because he, I think he just received his LE. Oh, but you know what's Fancy. weird? We found out, uh, he messaged me, he was like, hey, can I get tracking? Sent him the tracking. And he messaged me back, Dennis, this is the first I've ever heard of this, maybe I'm just ignorant to it. He said, it's being transported via train. Ooh. Like they're organ trailing that shit now. <laughs> just imagine it keeping itself <laughs> confined to the bar car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, so <laughs> I, Amtrak. I, and Joe Fox said the same thing. He was like, yeah, it got delayed one day, but what's this about it being on a train, Zach? And I'm like, I, I'm going to have to talk to my shipping broker. Heavy, I heavy, don't. heavy freight. I, I'm not surprised for big, uh, yeah. you know, if there are two hubs nearby, train would make sense. I mean, rail's great for heavy stuff. So Yeah, and these two dropped, uh, their two machines dropped from Stern. So maybe Stern's utilizing. I don't I don't know if it's yeah. a broker thing for me. or They've got a new to- deal with the Berlin, <laughs> the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe. CSX. <laughs> It's probably know. safe, though, if you think about it. It's probably less uh, wear and tear bouncing around. Oh, yeah. I, I imagine there's probably less uh, rattling, I suppose. I don't know how much rattling in the back of a truck is a issue. But but the odds of an accident, I think, are a lot lower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you hear that, Travis Meary? If your machine, you open it up and it has any issues, it's because of you. 
CSX would never do that. And nor were the truck that takes it from the rail station to your house. They'll not mess it up either. Well, that damn thing's going to be bouncing around. So don't, around. don't call your distributor asking for fixes. <laughs> yeah. George Gomez just appeared on a new video explaining the Spike 2 node board functioning. It's a really well done video. I liked it. You love node boards. After hearing George Gomez explain why they're using them and the benefits of using them, I totally get it. Now the idea behind them makes a lot makes a lot of sense. And I, I have heard that the uh, I guess the firmware behind them has had improvements. I initially okay. I had heard that there were some serious from a programming level concerns about the software rewriting itself every time you turned on the game and those uh, like mm. you know, flash memory and stuff only can be written on so many times that people don't usually think about it because it's usually not an issue. But but normally when you turn it. things on, they don't rewrite. Uh, I've heard that's been solved now. It's not doing that anymore. So huh. longevity should be better. Yeah, I, I like that just visually he had them sitting in front and reminded people that for a lot of these node boards, they're like a, a rectangle. And he said, they're the same. So you can use the same replacement board for different mm -hmm. titles. And he said, like, the pin uh, utilizes one node board, whereas most of your standard Stearns will utilize two. And then he held up two. And he said, if we ever need to add... This isn't something we have to worry about in the back box. We just, we add another node board and so on and so forth. Yeah, that's why I think a lot of people, and I think we had a discussion a few episodes back about mm -hmm. would uh, would Stern be, are they working on their next uh, system? And I don't, and I'm like, I don't think so. Because the whole idea when they came up with these node boards for Spike was you just add another node board if you need new functionality. You don't have to redesign the entire system. Yeah, you made a really good point last time about that. And I didn't, I hadn't thought about that. Well, this is so different from anything else that Pinball had done before. Yeah, on newer Sterns, that's usually the culprit if you have an issue. Um, Stern Pinball has been quality-wise and just out of the box, turning it on and playing, probably among the best. I know for some listeners, uh, the, the anti-Stern people out there, it's hard to believe, but I, if I'm taking new pins to a show and I don't want to have to worry about fixing them out of the box... Sterns are usually the best bet for that. If they're going to have an issue, it's like a faulty node board or something, which is a pain in the ass. You just send off, they get you one quick. It's not a big deal. But yeah, that's one of the first places I look now when I'm troubleshooting with customers. It's, let's let's yeah. figure out this node board. Most, most of the people that I, I've heard from that are unhappy with Spike is that because the node boards rely so much on surface mounted components, they don't have the capability as amateurs to fix them themselves. Oh, and I did, this brings up a good point. To all the listeners out there, if you're getting a new Stern pinball machine, I get this message probably uh, troubleshooting-wise more than any other message. People will unbox their machine and they will turn it on and they will message or call me and say, Zach, they're not identifying certain node boards on here. Um, something's going on. The game's not playing. And I say, is it by chance node boards one, eight, and nine? And they're like, yeah, how did you know? So what that is, listener, is those node boards, to, uh, I'm ignorant a bit to this, so bear with me, but when you open up the coin door, it stops at high voltage, and that high voltage is responsible or runs through node boards one, eight, and nine. So it's going to come up as not identifying one, eight, nine when you have the coin door open. You can either close the coin door to see if the message goes away, or you can pull out the refrigerator light closer white thing inside the coin door you can pull it uh, to the right pull it out that will institute your high power 
uh, or your high voltage, if you will. I don't know how much high voltage really in a, these new pins, but pull that out and you should be having all the coil functioning in test and everything with the coin door open. So if you do that and it goes away, you're all good. It's a common message, 189. See, I'm helping the people, Den Den. Mm. Stern Pinball had some more news this week with Jeremy Packer, a.k.a. Zombie Yeti, visiting the Loser Kid Pinball podcast. Now, this just dropped, I want to say, three days ago, so it's a little early in your queue. I, I assume you didn't get to listen to this one yet. Not all the way. I, I was listening to it last night, but I did not get all the way through it. Oh, so you were able to start it. Good, good deal. Yeah, yeah, I think about halfway. It was a nice, fun interview. Uh, I like that the styles between... The interviewee and the interviewers were different, so it made for compelling uh, conversation listening to those guys over there. Jeremy Packer something different. I like that his quick wit, and he takes chances on jokes. Hashtag respect there, Dennis. So they talked about all kinds of stuff, including me. You know. Oh, yes. I heard a little bit about you, or oh. uh, the part I've heard. Maybe you come up again later. My little packy derm. Yeah, he talked about me a little bit. I don't know. See, Jeremy Packer's tough because he jokes so much. He's one of those guys that when he's joking, you don't know if he's making fun of you or you don't know if he's making fun with you. So I don't, I don't know either he really likes me or he thinks I'm a tool or maybe huh. both. I don't know. Well, that's so it's so hard because it's so easy that it could be either. It's so easy. And then, but but if it's the latter, you'll be all like, well, you, everyone probably hates him too. I mean, there's something wrong with everyone who hates me. Uh, we can do that live on air. We'll list out the people. But do it live. We'll do it live. So Jeremy Packer, thanks for the shout out there, sweetie. I love that. Yeah, he was just saying that I needed more advertisement out there in the pinball world. He doesn't see enough <laughs> of it. <laughs> oh, so I, I, you know, I never thought that uh, Jeremy listened to pinball podcasts. I guess that just showcases how much I advertise. <laughs> oh, that is a good point. <laughs> oh, you are a bit um, saturated would be the word I would use. You know what I would use? Bye, bye, bye! They talked a lot about his work on the new Avengers Infinity Quest pinball machine. He said that he actually had to knock out Avengers on a pretty short schedule. Uh, mm, he wasn't even yeah. willing or going to do this, but Marvel came back and they really wanted him because they were used to his artwork on Deadpool. That was a success. So they pushed for it. George Gomez pushed for it. And ultimately, he complied and was happy that he did it. But he completed that project, the Avengers, in six months. Now, I'm I'm ignorant when it comes to how long artwork takes. I can't imagine it being fast or easy considering the complexity and the details that these current artists are putting into pinball machines. And that's why we see, Dennis, some of the the translite and the cabinets on the premium LEDs having some similarities there. Mm, yes, some. A lot. Let's be fair. Yes, a lot. He changed the background colors. I know. He did what he could with the time he had. It still looks dynamite. And uh, give me a rushed Zombie Yeti over a lot of other artists, to be frank. I, d I don't want to do give him leeway. Oh, well, now you want to do a comparison. Okay, so we know Batman 66 was a very, ru very that was rushed, a rushed project. one too. So, yes. So tell me, tell me, rushed Chris or rushed, rushed Jeremy? Um, I think that's apples and oranges because Franchi wasn't able to do the playfield art. So if I did a rushed Franchi cabinet back glass compared to rushed Yeti, 
Uh, if I'm comparing Batman to Avengers, I would go. We're talking about talking about the premium because Batman's only in premium. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Avengers. Okay. I think the right answer. Mm, I'm gonna go Avengers. Who has a close one though? Playfield, hands down, Avengers. That's a close mm. one on the cabinet stuff because the because the translate on Batman sixty six is close to a gold standard. That's how good that is. Oh, can I pick the translate from Batman and the cabinet? Anywho, and I wouldn't have thought of this, Dennis. He was talking about doing the Turtles artwork uh, on the the Ninja Turtles machine by Stern Pinball. And it sounded like that was, he kind of enjoyed that more than Avengers, if I had to guess. Uh, He didn't come out and say that, but he just talked about stylistically how doing the Turtles was much different than what he's accustomed to. And I think that you could see that in his artwork. Um, But he said there was a lot of curvilinear features on Turtles that, you know, he likes to use some straight lines and, and different things like that. So he had to, quote, soften the hand a bit for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Does that make sense? Softening the hand that's very... No, I don't really very, know what that means. I, I figured you wouldn't like that. It was It's a very touchy-feely kind of word and descriptor. Dennis, do you ever have to soften up your hand before you go to work? <laughs> Sorry. Are you a Luberderm man there, Dennis? Jer- Look, the low-hanging fruit was Jergens people. I'm I'm better than that. Were you surprised? I don't know if you've got this far in the interview yet, but he turned down the Star Wars comic versions. No, not that. I was not yet that far. Sorry, should have said spoiler alert. Turned no, it down. It's ruined now, but Did, I'll probably still listen. The zombie yeti. Can you see his style work for Star Wars? He said he was terrified. It's that's uh, too big. He has and, more than one style. What is I? Have you seen some of his posters and stuff? He, it's not just. I mean. I, yes, I get so confused I, with y'all who fake knowing art talking oh, like this. I go to the museum every week. Thank you. I mean, it's like you look at Avengers and you look at Ghostbusters. Those do not look like the same style. So yeah, they don't. Fun. He I completely can... drew the characters differently. They're uh, far more creatively interpreted in my view in Ghostbusters. So. I can find some characteristics. Oh, I'm not saying that there aren't any certain characteristics, but. What 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 what's the characteristic of Star Wars art besides paint by number and don't you dare deviate? That's probably what he was a bit afraid of. I think he could paint by number. I I painted by number a duck once. <laughs> How did it turn out? Uh, it was all quacked up. <laughs> Nicely done, Dennis Creasel. Everybody, Spooky Pinball has said that they do not want to. Increased production, they want to stay the size they are, but I've heard at the the pinball water cooler that they have increased a bit production on Rick and Morty. Not that they're increasing the number of, of, of being built, but they're they're speeding along the process a little bit. I don't know the details, though, yeah, of how they're doing it. I've that. read something about an increase as well. I don't know how they're doing it. Are they working longer or more days, or are they bringing on additional personnel? Maybe they're like uh, the film Kingpin, where was it? Dennis Quaid's character talks about the Amish doing one and a half. Isn't that what it yeah. was? So you think they became Amish? Maybe. Benton, Wisconsin. I wonder if there's any Amish folk in Benton, Wisconsin. I don't think there are any people in Benton. Have you ever lived anywhere where there's a lot of Amish folk? 
No, no, I not never. I've traveled through parts of Kentucky where they have like signs like uh, horse and carriage crossing, or you get stuck behind one and you're like, use your turn signal, idiot. But I'm like, oh, I mean, I've, I've been through like in Pennsylvania, I've been through, but I didn't live in that area. Do you think you could, through. do you think you could do well in an Amish civilization, civilization, uh, community way of living? What do you, what do you call that? Uh, reli- it's more than a religion. It's a lifestyle brand. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You mean like actually living the culture itself? There it is. Thank you. I, uh, probably not. I, I wouldn't fit with that very well. Couldn't churn your own butter. It's not about the work. It's about the philosophy behind why they do it the way they do it. I see. Uh, I could see you with a scraggly ass Amish beard. I couldn't do it. They don't take their shoes off when they enter their barns. So Spooky's increasing production somehow, some way. That's a good idea. They're trying to catch up from the uh, the COVID delays. Deep root. What is deep root? Uh, well, I got a couple of things. So if you guys want to hear Ben Heck, he goes a little bit about his his initial thoughts and impressions regarding all of the deep root uh, reveal stuff. You can hear that on a Canada's pinball podcast. He was on there this past week. Some, a couple interesting things that Ben Heck did say and did talk about. So he's supposed to be doing another game, Dennis with CGC, but then Spooky's manufacturer. Remember them talking about that? Yeah. The game that's spooky designed and CGC built, I think. Yes. So I think they were talking about when that's going to be, because I thought, remember, he was supposed to build one for Spooky, and he got tired of waiting, and he got spooked and said, to hell with it. I'm out. Well, he was talking about when his game's coming up. Another remake is coming from CGC. Then he said the first CGC non-remake, it's licensed, but it is not a remake, is coming out. And then possibly Ben Heck's game. So I ask you this, Dennis, what the hell's the difference? Oh, you mean between what was going on with Spooky and what was going yeah. on with? Well, I, I think the difference is I thought that it has already been confirmed that when CGC does do Ben's design, that it's not going to be the theme Ben originally was working for that layout to be for. And my sense has been a while now, and I didn't follow it all that closely, but my sense was that falling out between Ben and Spooky was about Spooky not trying, in Ben's view, hard enough to get the license he wanted that game to be. That's right. Yeah, I think you're right. And so the difference now is uh, apparently he's finally been able to let that go. Wasn't it? Or at least move on from it. I thought it was Evil Dead. That's what the rumor is. I don't think Ben ever confirmed that, but. It's been he's strongly hinted that yeah, Evil Dead, Evil Dead couldn't be acquired because I'm assuming the um, well, it oh could gosh. is just too expensive. Well, no, 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 well, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't that the license was unobtainium, like like a Harry Potter sort of thing, but mm-hmm. rather that I believe the issue wasn't even the Evil Dead license. It was Bruce Campbell, oh, the, the lead actor, oh. uh, cost to get his likeness and. They didn't want to pull the non-Sigourney Weaver thing, as I always go back to with Alien. And, I don't uh, think you can with Evil Dead. Uh, I I mean, I would I would want Bruce in in on it. There's enough yes, characters definitely. in the Alien franchise. I didn't think it was the right answer for Alien either. I but, I agree, but they at least but, had Bill Paxton. So my my understanding, if it was indeed Evil Dead, was and Ben's philosophy was they should have just added another you know, hundred or thousand or however much it would have cost to the pinball machines to get Bruce on it. And spooky was like, no, the license is too high. If we 
get every asset. So if it was simplified like that, then I agree with Ben Heck. Oh, spooky. You know, I, what, what can I, what can I say? Spooky sold out a Rick and Morty in seven hours. So it doesn't seem like it was a miss to do what they ended up doing. Evil dead is a dynamite license. I believe that would do very well. Or I think well it would do, absolutely. Spooky. And it would have been right in Spooky's wheelhouse. But apparently that's not moving forward because that's not what CGC is doing, as I understand it. And it, fi- it would have been finally, a- the pinball machine I'm searching for is a scary, scary pinball machine. That depends on exactly which version of Evil Dead they go with. I There's mean, only we're talking Evil Dead, one. but s- some people think Evil Dead 2 is the best of the franchise. Oh, and that was like a shit. goofy interpretation yeah, of the no. first Evil Dead. Well, they're like and Halloween then, 3, too? Come on. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't go quite like that. But like, like, if you ask me about the Evil Dead trilogy, I always cite Army of Darkness, which is very campy, but it's the one I liked the most. Mm. I haven't seen Army of Darkness in quite some time. I just think the the first one is, I, I don't know how you change anything about that being one of the greatest horror films of all time. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, as a low-budget horror, it Holds did a lot today. with effects, and it was good. But, I mean, there are other horror movies that are more iconic than the original Evil Dead eh. that have not done, been done. Uh, it's hard to, it, it is hard to list those on more than two hands. Okay, sure. I probably wouldn't. I mean, I would probably in, in top 10 iconic horror would have Evil Dead in the top 10. Okay. So, yay. Yeah. But very few horror movies have been, I mean, like what we have, Nightmare on Elm Street. That's like it. That's it. Friday the 13th is more iconic than Evil Dead. Halloween is more iconic than Evil Dead. Okay. Exorcist. You could argue that. that um, Exorcist what, is. What's the one with the pinhead? Hell, Hellraiser. Uh-huh. More iconic. Yeah, I could uh, I could do an Evil Dead pen. I could do I could do all of those. It wasn't a big Hellraiser fan. wasn't a big and Friday the Thirteenth is fine, but it's no Halloween. I'll take Drag Me to Hell. Have you ever seen that film? Oh, so I don't, don't think so. Man. I just rewatched uh, Wishmaster. Does that hold up? I, I haven't seen that in a long. Time. Actually, yeah, I thought, wow, that's because uh, I I only remember I I think I've seen at least two of them, so I got some of the scenes mixed up with mm-hmm. each other. But but yeah, I thought okay. Yeah, yeah. Who who doesn't like the idea of an evil genie? It's fun, it's, and it's that time of the uh, year, so that's why we're talking about scary films, people. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's that time. I would like to see more horror in pinball. I, I do think it's, it's a genre that yeah, no true horror, but um, it is a genre that's weak uh, in the pinball field. But mm-hmm. so I don't know what he's doing over at CGC, but it sounds like he's going to have to wait and see a, a, quite a while. Quite a while. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's got to be CGC. I've never heard anything about them picking up their pace. So he's what? At least three years out. It feels like it. But he did say he did say on the interview, he said, quote, I'm also helping on Spooky's next game. End quote. Okay. And we know that that might be on the mechanic. I mean, he's an engineer. It might be just the mechanics stuff. And we know Bunyip's doing that one. So he's helping with all of that. Very interesting stuff. I like how you uh, titled that Deep Root Pinball, and then we talked about not Deep Root. Well, I'll throw a little bit in there. Before we end up the Deep Root section, there was, I think, an animator that is working with Deep Root on these games that released a video online. Uh, Breeze by, I don't know where to link you guys to, but um, they showed some of the animation of, I believe, Merlin's Magic. I always think of that. But mm. the Merlin game, I think it was the Merlin game, and... Uh, Dennis, I, I underestimated their ability to animate because sweet Jesus, 
The animation was phenomenal. Original animation. You know cheap animation, right? My kids sometimes are watching a show. I'm like, oh, that is a hack job if I've ever seen it. Like the 3D rendering and they have no facial features, have no gestures. It's just, it's cold. This looked like fucking Dragon's Lair good. Like this was phenomenal animation. I second guess myself. They could have probably went into original theming and branding with animation like that. It was really, really, really good. I'm hyping it right now. But what I saw was phenomenal. I didn't see it. All right. The last notable news note segment thingy. Pin Clash. Sing, sing, sing. Is Pen Clash where you put a DMD game next to an LCD game and they don't line up proper? <laughs> it's perfect. That's what I would call it. Nice Sam game there. Pen Clash. Uh, no, this is presented by IE Pinball. Oh, Carl D'Angelo. Yeah, Carl D. And the team over there at IE Pinball are putting together a competition tournament, but it almost feels like this is going to be a recurring series. But it's very similar. It feels like it was just a promotion showing that there's a $1,000 cash prize to the winner. That's always awesome. Uh, it's occurring on December 5th, 2020. Mark your calendars. But it's like a head, head, heads up kind of competition. Didn't Stern just do this? If Stern's only going to do it once a year, maybe Pink Clash is going to be the rival to that. Mm. Possibly. Maybe there's a lot of hate between, what, California and Chicago. I thought I was the one that spread, <laughs> spread rumors. Should be interesting to see. Some of the people in retrospect were talking about that head-to-head thing and saying, why are so many Stern employees involved in this thing? Why can a Stern employee win a machine? That kind of thing. But, mm. I mean, I kind of get it because, yeah. I mean, they're they're needing to film. I think they filmed in Jack Danger's uh, studio. So you kind of got to be around the Chicago area. Back in the day, uh, pinball tournaments, I believe the people who worked on the games, they couldn't compete with the regular tournament. I think they had a special one for the industry folk. Yeah. yeah. Probably driven by the same concern, especially back then where I'm talking like the nineties mm-hmm. where the tournaments might be on the game that, that had not yet been released publicly. Oh, okay. But that does come up from time to time. It's like, okay, well, uh, here's a here's a big t- pinball event, and hey, look, Pirates just came out. Is Eric competing in it? Is that fair? Keith Johnson? He's got yeah. more time on it than any commoner. Yeah. I mean, that's why you see Bo and Karen, you know, that Papa. He's helping with that. He's not playing in the tournament. That's because they they have a, the re, for the Replay Foundation, they have a philosophy that anyone who is serving in an officiating manner shouldn't be playing in the tournament. Hmm. And that comes up even on local tournaments, like broadly debates amongst tournament people. Is it right for a tournament organizer or director or the person who's making the calls on, no, you're disqualified. No, you, you, uh, you had a serious malfunction or not, uh, is also playing and trying to win the prize. But the bottom line is when it comes to local tournaments, if the organizer couldn't play, the tournament wouldn't even happen. This may be an unpopular opinion, Dennis, but I'm going to double down and say absolutely Stern employees should play in all of these tournaments. Because if you take the Stern employees out, you're taking out some of the greatest players in the world. We're not At that point, we're not assessing who the real winner in pinball is. I won't say in all instances they should get to play. I think it really... I'm bothered by tournaments using basically games that have just been released anyway. 
So okay, if the game has been out for like a month, I think it's fair game. But if the game is not really out yet or it's come out only like within the last week, I would I wouldn't say like the entire company can't play, but I think maybe the design team shouldn't. Mm. In a, I mean, in a, we're talking about some of these tournaments are playing for five figures. I mean, it's not. Yeah, because I'm thinking about, you know, brand new code updated. And looky, looky, we have a tournament tomorrow. Yeah, and I wouldn't go so far as the, you could, I mean, and there are people that will go and say like, well, that's not fair because only the internal people got to play that particular code set. I, I'm less bothered by that as long as people got to play the layout. Like there was an opportunity. Oh, yeah, There's, yeah. As long as they had the opportunity to learn the so that's the main thing is learning the shots. You can give a write up. People can download the the patch notes of Avengers Code zero point nine one and mm-hmm. know exactly what's changed. So that's just knowledge. You don't have to have to experience that. Book knowledge is good enough for that. But you have to have been able to shoot the pen. Got my Avengers LE this week. Woo! Yeah, shoots well. Yeah, well, you say in a way like it's not your favorite pen. Right now, what's better, it or Stranger it. Things? I'm enjoying, I, if I had to pick right this second. Yeah, well, that's what I'm asking. Everybody get their veggies. Everybody get their fruits because I would say Stranger Things just because I'm more familiar with it. I don't know Avengers yet. I've only, I haven't been put, I've filmed this stupid damn game more than I have played it. And speaking of, be on the lookout for a new straight down the middle unboxing of Avengers LE. I think you'll really enjoy it because... I may have just been able to get the greatest of all time to unbox it with me, Dennis. Hmm. That's hard to believe, right? During this pandemic, getting the greatest of all time to help me unbox a pinball machine. You got to tune in and see it for yourself. Only report the facts here. Dennis, when it comes to pinball podcasting, what do you care the least about? You're singing. Well, fine. I was going to say something else, but if you said singing, it's pinball market trends and y'all pinball market trends time, baby. Buckle up. It's time to go. Trending up this week is Jurassic Park Stern pinball. You want to know why, Dennis? I don't care. That's elementary, my dear Din Din. It's because Jurassic Park has hop, 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 skipping a jump up that Pinside Top 100, bumping off of Monster Bash, bumping off of Pirates of the Caribbean. Yep, number three spot, Uno to today. Jurassic Park, Stern Pinball. Also, this last, what, two weeks? People are still ordering this thing. Like it's the new Avengers. Yeah, it's very popular. Continues to sell. Can't keep them in stock, pros and premiums. That premium, people, golly, wish I had 40 of them. I just cannot fill the need of the pinball community's desire for Jurassic Park and that moving Sioux. Do dinosaurs really come from birds? Darwin? Do they? Uh, what? They seem like bird-like creatures. Oh. Reptiles and well, birds. Maybe it'd be more sex. like thinking maybe birds evolved from dinosaurs of some sort. Oh, I guess that's the sequence of events there. I can picture an alligator taking it to pound town to a bird, create a dinosaur. Isn't that how it works? Hashtag science. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly right. You you were the one who did take biology. In grad school biology, thank you very much. Oh, I touched a brain once. And mad respect to the uh, donor of that brain. I was actually creeped out. Ever been into a, a lab, like a, a 
the cadaver lab? Uh, not that I recall. Whew. Uh, it was some heavy shit, bro. I couldn't, uh, couldn't handle it. Trending down is my weak stomach when it goes to touching dead people. Couldn't do it. Were you able to dissect the fetal pig in, in high school? No, I, um, I only got to dissect a worm. Man. It was a big worm. <laughs> what I could dissect is a puppet, though. Trending out this week also was Puppet Pals. Steve, Moppy, and Rory. They're back. Well, Rory is a, a newcomer. Puppet Pals episode two is back. And the reason I'm trending this up it's not self-indulgent uh, because it's, it's exclusively seen on the pinball network. No, it's not self-indulgent. It's just, it's great work. The likes of which we really haven't seen this degree in pinball media. It's behind schedule by like six weeks. Eh, you can't rush greatness. Mo- Moppy took his time, took his sweet mop time. The piece by Zacario at the end, if it didn't send chills up your spine goosebumps on your arm and a slight tear in your in your duct you're you're a cyborg mm. well i i did like that part but you see the puppet pals can actually sing and Very of course well. in our in the tpn private discord i did make a remark about how i get to sit here with zach who tries to sing like the theme from goonies oh. and then on puppet pals they do ness and dorma <laughs> and it's so much better <laughs> it's so perfect too uh i told i reached out to the to i guess steve whoever whoever handles that email and i said Look, yeah i think steve does the editing never before in, in, in not only pinball but just in in arts have i seen a, the way of a person opening up a listener or a viewer's heart when you have that operatic uh, delivery and it's that good, you open up a person's heart. They're fully vulnerable right there. And then at that apex, you throw in a witty comedic punch. Oh, that open vulnerability of the heart and then the punch to it. Oh my God, man, I'm not going to give it away, but that's some good stuff. And I think the puppet pals may be pretty smart. I think I'm seeing uh seeing into the future of what that show may become. And all I'm saying is you may want to pay close attention going forward. I think it's gonna be like a like a macho Dakota ring thing again. Oh god, the Dakota ring was so cringe. Doot 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 doot. <laughs> I do like the doot to doot though. Dakota watch! <laughs> I, guess oh. I, can't, I can't be I'm driving most of the time I listen to podcasts so I can't be wrecking and getting out my notepad <laughs> and getting my Ovaltine ready Drink more Ovaltine? Oh. Son of a bitch, macho Trending down this week, unfortunately after, well, this is a, a prediction of trending down because we still got a couple more hours, oh. but I can tell you oh, Fake, fake I can tell you if you are listening when this is dropping Monday morning here in about eh, five hours or so Trending down is every goddamn music-based pinball machine ever made. I can't go more, much more into that, but <laughs> for sorry ACDC, I'm sorry Metallica, uh, Alice Cooper, you're a little different. I'm still sorry for you. Iron Maiden? What about, what about Tron? Tr- uh, Tron's on a music pin. Yeah, it's only sells because of Daft Punk. Wow. Strong incorrect take there. <laughs> no one remembers that movie. It's all about the music. Uh, it's not about the movie. It's about maybe John Borg's, one of his best top three designs. 
You already poo pooed his Metallica. Yeah. Which most people rate higher than Tron. Yeah, unforgiven on that one. Ugh. But yeah, sorry, music based pinball machines. Times are changing. And the order banks are almost open, so make sure you call your dealer subliminally. Flipping now. Flipping now. Bye bye bye. Queen Taker. Whoa, 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 it's deals of the week. Bye bye bye. Do you know what I was singing there? No, I don't really pay Yes, you did. Don't play no. court. Yes, you did. Nope. All right, here we go. Deals of the week this week is a Black Knight Sword of Rage. Really? Surprising myself here. Why is that, Zach? Where's Waldo? Waldo 34 out in Lake Villa, Illinois, on Pinside, is selling a Black Knight Sword of Rage Pro. For a lot of people, the preferred version. And it also has the topper. So when you see the $5,000 price tag, look closely, because with that topper... $5,000? Bye, bye, bye! That's a deal! He said, I love this game, but my flipping dog freaks out at the topper, and one of them's got to go. It's so weird to put in there. And then he said, I guess I love the dog a bit more. <laughs> I don't know. Couldn't you just put the dog in another room while you play? Sounds like an excuse, right? Yeah, it does. Liar! No, the dog may very well flip out. I just... Like, but this sounds like, hey, well, I don't Are you to, I don't want to solve, you know, controlling the dog. So I don't know. I'd get rid of that mangy ass son of a bitch. And ladies and gentlemen, that was your what? Oh, sweet deals of the week. I'm, I'm going to be honest here. I forgot about the whole contingency plan you had. If I sing again, you'd be walking off. No, that's a good point, Zach. I almost forgot that it drove me so batshit crazy on the last episode that, yeah, you're right. Fuck it. I'm leaving. Have Stop. fun. Enjoy your show. Oh, shit, he is leaving. Can this be happening? Dennis leaving the show because of Zach's pewter pipes? Did Thanos just snap his fingers on the pinball show? Will Dennis trip on the curtain as he exits stage left? Will Zach second-guess his creasel masturbation joke? Is this really the end for Pinball Podcasting's finest dynamic duo? Or is this just a part-one cliffhanging ploy for episode 32, part two, when Dennis and Zach give their first impressions of JJP's newest game reveal? Tune in later today. Slightly different time, same TPN channel. Din Din to the Goatmobile.